This is Unsocial Spectators with Clay Harrison and Mark Ramsey. And uh, you can find us at unsocialspectators.com and also at unspectators on Twitter. All right, everyone. Welcome to episode 16. Hey, now. Uh, Hey, now. So, you know where Hey Now comes from? Yes, the Larry Sanders show. Yes, that's right. Hank. That was his catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he tried to have it shut down a few times, and he's like, but no one really says that. And he's like, like try to say it in, in a sentence. <laughs> and he would just go, hey now, Larry, how are you? <laughs> Yeah, uh, man, I miss that show. It was so good. Yeah, I think uh, the only place you can get it is HBO. Yeah, Yeah. it's an HBO show. Yeah, luckily I watched it all uh, when I had HBO. So Uh, I need to revisit it. I hadn't seen it in a while. I forget Janine Garofalo's in that. There's a lot of great comedy writers on that one. Uh, Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow, yeah. Uh, that was like one of his early works. Uh, was it uh, Sarah Silverman on the show? Yes. Yes, she was. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, let's see. And Sarah Silverman and Apatow, they used to play basketball with... Uh, Gary Shannon. With Gary, yeah. <laughs> Gary would have these, I forget how often, matches. Yeah, yeah, have a bunch of people over to play at his house. Yeah, I started watching the documentary about him uh, that Judd put together, kind of based off his book. It just got so super sad, though. I had to turn it off. I mean, oh. I love Gary Shandling, but like, there was just so much, I don't know, I just my my head wasn't in the right place to kind of watch that kind of sadness from a comedian. Yeah, yeah, he was a really good comedian, though. I mean, yeah, very underrated. I feel completely underrated. Um, uh, so I wanted to. Uh, we had to screw last week's attempt at this show <laughs> because your microphones sound like. Holy shit, but now you're using another one and we're back in the swing of things. Yep. So last week uh, we started talking about uh, where we would go to, uh, you know, kiss girls or flirt with girls (laughs) when we were a kid. And uh, uh, where did you say you went? I, I didn't. I, I was a loner. I did not. Uh, I was a late bloomer with the ladies. Oh, okay. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even date or anything till like I was uh, 17. Oh, okay. 16 or 17. Yeah, I, I uh, we used to go to the skate rink and you would... Uh, we would go. We would neck under the pinball machines, and I uh, oh, see now. I went to the skating ring, but I never got to couple skate. Never couple skate. Oh, never that's... got 
when Journey would start, I just knew it was time for me to exit. <laughs> they were about to play some couple skating, and I was not invited. Yeah, they even had like a Sadie Hawkins skate where the women would uh, pick the guys out. And, I mean, it was, you know, you'd get picked out. I mean, I would get picked out a lot. Cause no, I, I don't know. I would get picked out. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I was tall for my age, so... Uh, it was always girls who thought I was older, you know what I mean? And then they'd find out and they'd run screaming, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, See, I, I, they skipped the first step with me and just did the run screaming. I, I made out with a 16-year-old when I was 11. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck is happening here? Well, you know, but the moves on the babysitter. Uh, yeah, no, she wasn't babysitter. She was someone else's babysitter. But it was at the uh, at the uh, the skating rink, and we're under the pinball machine. And I, uh, it was the first time I finger banged anyone. Jesus. <laughs> What's going on? You're 11, and this is happening. Well, you know, I mean, I mean, I started just smoking uh, cigarettes at 12, and pot Jeez, at dude. maybe 12 and a half. You know, so killed your first man at 13. No, uh, no, no, no. That was <laughs> that was uh, 14 and a half. You know? <laughs> But he 15, had it. it was with my learner's permit. He had it coming, you know. <laughs> uh, I was a very boring kid. I did nothing. I I was I was very dull. I, the most I did was just drink, and I think I just because I would even drink alone. So it was truly out of sadness. It wasn't just. But when I would go to parties, I would get t completely hammered and blind drunk. Uh, you would uh, listen to George Thurgood and drink alone, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was nothing funner than just kind of having my Commodore 64 connecting with a strong, you know, 33 baud modem and uh, downloading a game that I'm going to play later. Uh, so, uh, do you remember, uh, trying to get a better connection with the coupler modem, with the, the phone that went on the, th uh, you put the phone on the couplers and, yeah, uh, like in war games, he had, he had one that was like that. Yeah. So, uh, we had one and we would stack, put it in the corner and stack encyclopedias on top of it to get a to push it down to get a better connection <laughs> for the hand. Yeah, that was our trick, you know. Oh, okay, I was gonna say I think mine was just it was another line in. It had a line in and a line out to your phone. So yeah. It kind of interrupted that. So there was never a, a coupler. I yeah, those were the later head. ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I know I had at the earliest a 300 baud modem. Uh -huh. And at the fastest, I I think they went to 4200, right? I had a, a 4800. Uh, 4800. It was 300 baud. 
which was as every modem, the fastest it goes is 300 baud. It would go faster uh, using different techniques on top of it. It would go uh, faster speed BPS. It went to 2400, then it went to... Uh, uh, no, I, I remember 1200, 2400, uh, 4800, 9600. Then they started going, you know, 12, and then uh, 19, 6, 28, 8, and then 56K, you know. 56 yeah. Uh, so, I remember, uh, uh, I started my web company. I had 128 ISDN. Oh, for, wow. Yeah, for my web How company. How much was that? Oh Jesus! Probably a hundred and eighty bucks a month or something like that. Good God, man! And then uh, later on, uh, we got a T one line. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was uh, maybe fifteen, fourteen hundred dollars a month. You know. Fuck! But the speed, man. The speed at that time, having that kind. Oh, shit, you were probably losing your mind. Yeah, it was pretty damn fast back then. Um, But, you know, I mean, it's just my phone is faster, you know. (laughs) Things change so much. Uh, But, uh, uh, so, uh, uh, that sucks that you didn't get with the ladies when you were a kid because it was so much fun when you were a kid because you didn't care, you know, you're just having fun learning things, you know. Uh, I, I mean, we didn't have, I mean, I, I pretty much like stayed at home. I went to school. School was like walking distance. There was no girls in our neighborhood at all. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, I mean, there were no girls in our neighborhood. And then I think even when my buddy Rich, that was like, yeah, that was high school. There was a girl I talked to a lot, but she was just a friend. Uh, yeah, my sister, she was a couple years younger. So she would always have like sleepovers and stuff. And they would always uh, uh, play spin the bottle, you know, and crazy <laughs> shit like that. So we had, We had friends that would like stay over, you know, just kid uh we had some friends that lived across the street and my mom had night terrors. Oh no. Yeah. And so like I our buddy Ryan would he would stay over and I remember one of the <laughs> one of the later times my mom like w- woke up screaming and he just goes, Damn, that was a good one. Because <laughs> that was how often and accustomed he was to her just waking up wow. and screaming in the middle of the night. Holy shit. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, this week we looked at movies from 1972. Uh, yeah. What was your film? Um, I got Silent Running. And uh, just one, I guess for a couple of reasons. One, it was an influence on Mystery Science Theater. 
which I absolutely love, but apparently not enough to remember that it had a live show Friday that I missed. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I had to I had to find out on Twitter. I was pissed. It was their one of their first live shows with the new crew and everything. But but uh, Silent Running is uh, Bruce Sturt, and I hadn't seen it in a long time, so I really wanted to revisit it. Uh, and plus, the director had recently passed away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just a real great... Like I, I almost wish the movie spent more time with him in solitude, but it's Bruce Dern as this farmer who's in space uh, with three other astronauts r- trying to grow vegetables and recreate basically like a biodome, like an Earth type atmosphere and he's very much portrayed as a hippie yeah when he's not wearing his astronaut stuff he's got on like this robe and he has robots that like help and do shit and stuff and so at uh the crux of the film they're told to destroy all their work and basically nuke the deserts of earth (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, that's the answer. But they never explain why. And all the astronauts, except for Bruce Stern, are like, all right, we got it. We'll do We'll do as we're told. No yeah, questions asked. Yeah, I thought it was weird. Uh, they said, uh, didn't they say something like every, everywhere on Earth is 72 degrees or something like yeah. that? Every, like, it's, it's climate controlled, but they can't grow anything. You know, yeah. It's just it, they, they fucked up Earth, and this is the other interesting thing was like this is this movie is three years removed from landing on the moon, yeah, and it's just so pessimistic. It's so funny to see how negative it is towards where the Earth was headed, even though we were able to put a man on the moon. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. I thought the robots were great. Yeah, I, yeah, I really and I looked up. Them. They were all uh, paraplegics. Yeah, they had hired paraplegics who could be in the suits. And, yeah, and that's uh, and those suits were uh, an inspiration for R2-D2 to the point that uh, uh, George Lucas uh, got a hold of the director and said, hey, I'm, gonna, I'm doing this Star Wars movie, and I have this R2-D2 character very much like your character, but I want to make sure that we're that I that I'm doing it differently. I don't want to infringe on your IP there. Hmm. Uh, but then, like as the movie goes on, so they had these pods of of gardens, and um, they're going to just blow them up. And so one of the guys comes in to uh, clear everything and basically drop these bombs into them. And him and Bruce Darn get into a fight, and Bruce accidentally kills him. So then he kind of takes on this like, yeah, yeah, this is that that's part of the story that I, that's not too strong that I kind of don't care for. Uh, and then he realizes I could save us if I just shoot off this other pod that has the two astronauts in it. Yeah. Save the gardens and I'll fly through Saturn's rings. Earth will think, you know, because of the radio disruption that uh, maybe something's gone wrong and we've blown up, and then I'll just fly off into space. Like, I'll just live here and exist and do this whole thing. So he kills the other two astronauts by just launching them away. 
and then is kind of dealing with his own madness about what he's done, which I don't care for. Like yeah. I'd rather him kind of have the ability of maybe just launching himself away from them or doing something, but having this death on his mind fucks with the story so much as opposed to a guy who really wants to kind of get civilization to survive. Yeah. You know, like he, he cares, but he really hates people <laughs> in another sense. You know, he just hates all the guys he works with. And those guys are dicks. They're assholes to him all the time. So it really is like, why bother? You know, yeah. but, uh, but he does, he cares. Like, you know, it's like every environmentalist out there that's, you know, trying to keep this planet going for all the assholes who are, you know, rolling coal in their truck. Uh, yeah, I watched it about three weeks ago. So, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it in years and it was uh, yeah. fun to watch. I I got to remember, I got to <laughs> say the director's name because I keep uh, saying the director, the director. Uh, <laughs> Douglas Trimble. Oh, yeah. Because... Yeah, because he had done the special effects for 2001, and he said he would never work for another director again <laughs> because oh, well, Kubrick was so it was such a perfectionist. Kubrick, uh, I mean, what he did to Shelley Duvall is legendary, you know. Yeah, that's fucked up. He really fucked with uh, his actors. Yeah, he would make them do the scene over and over again until uh, they weren't acting anymore. Until they were so tired that he would get a natural performance from him. Kind of a weird thing, but and they hated him for it too, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, it, Douglas Tribble it has got the most amazing IMDb credits from 2001 silent running blade runner. Like, you know, the blade runner look is, is him. Yeah. You know, like, uh, he's just an amazing visual effects artist in a time that, I mean, he, he created the medium essentially, you know, with a lot of the work that he did on these films. Uh, you know, Silent Running was like, you know, probably the next biggest sci-fi film before Star Wars. This is five years early. Yeah, unless you count Dark Star. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You got Dark Star from, from John Carpenter, what, 1974? Yeah, I think so. Uh, which, uh, it's all right. The best thing about Dark Star is that crazy alien. Uh, ball. I haven't seen it in a long time. I, I might <laughs> revisit it when we get to 74. Yeah, I just saw it maybe a couple months ago, and it was like, what? <laughs> he went from this to Alien? You know? <laughs> yeah, Douglas Trimble uh, passed away like in February. So. Oh, really? Yeah, it was pretty recent. Huh. Uh, so I, for 1972, the year of my birth, I watched Superfly. Yes. Cue the music. And now, uh, great score by uh, Curtis Mayfield. 
uh, he even uh, performs live or maybe lip syncs a couple numbers in the film. Uh, this is one of these films you can turn the TV off and just, uh, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, I've got that soundtrack. Yeah, just listen to the uh, to the music. The soundtrack's incredible. All the Curse Met Mayfield shit is so good. Um, I mean, if you haven't, listen to... He did a song called The Doo-Doo Wop is Strong in Here. Mm-hmm. Really, really good song. And uh, uh, the movie is about this Coke dealer uh, who uh, is trying to uh, get his uh, final score and go straight. And uh, it shows him uh, getting his uh, deals together and his problem with the cops and all that. And it's a really great, uh, you know, historical uh, piece or uh, a watch if you like uh, seeing New York in the early 70s, you know. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I, I love those films. Yeah, amazing scenery. And he has by far the coolest fucking car. I think it's a... Uh, maybe a Lincoln or something and a big long stretch car Cadillac but he has uh, I think a Rolls Royce on the front you know grill and everything yeah and he dresses super fly you know what I mean uh, but it's a great story they had a remake recently not yeah, like so in the past good. Five years. Not so good. But uh, I watched it just to see what the remake was. But you know, I was a, uh, you know, it, it was okay, but not the best. Uh, but I don't I, think you can ca- capture like to me. Superfly is like a product of the time period. Oh yeah. I, I don't think you can remake it today and it'd be the same thing. Uh, no. Uh, and uh, uh, the song Superfly, uh, yeah. the Beastie Boys uh, sampled it for uh, the uh, their song The Eggman on Paul's Boutique. And, oh, yeah. and that's where I heard the, the sample. And uh, uh, I got the soundtrack, and then uh, it made me want to watch the movie, and that was uh, the first black exploitation movie I'd ever watched, you know, on on videotape. And then I started, I started getting into black exploitation movies. You oh, know, me too. I love black exploitation. Uh, Truck Turner. I mean, coffee. Coffee is great. Uh, uh, Black Caesar, you know. Oh yeah, fuck. And they have a ton of black exploitation movies. 
this month on the Criterion Channel. They have. Oh, really? What do they got? Um, oh, what is that uh, film? Dolomite? No, there's not Dolomite, but they have Black Caesar. Uh, they, they also have, uh, uh, who was that? Uh, oh, I got a, uh, I got a black Superman. <laughs> no, uh, they don't have Blackenstein either. Uh, Cleopatra Jones, I think. Cleopatra yeah. Jones. So there's Blackula. Bl- no Blackula, but. Really good stuff, so I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, there's one w- with the black martial artist, Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He's awesome. He's done a bunch of kick-ass movies. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was in Enter the Dragon, too. Uh, so yeah, that, that was, uh, really fun to see. I mean, Black I, Belt Jones. yeah, Black Belt Jones is on Criterion this month. So and we should just call this the black exploitation episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what else, uh, uh, speaking of Jim Kelly next, uh, episode is 1973 and i'm gonna do enter the dragon oh fuck okay i have not even looked at 1973 but if you're taking enter the dragon yeah there's uh, a bunch of good films uh so what did you watch uh since uh, uh we talked last Oh fuck! Uh, <laughs> oh, well, I just got a Paramount a Paramount subscription for the seven day free list, uh-huh. or seven day trial, and uh, I have just watched trash TV because I love watching Florida Bama Shore and the trashy people who just yeah it's it's Jersey Shore in Florida with yeah with that mentality so it's just ridiculous people. I don't know why, because I put it on and I can do anything else and it makes me laugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first movie I watched on Paramount, it was Jackass Forever. Oh, was it good? Oh, it's fucking Home Run, dude. Like, I, I laughed so hard and I laughed the whole film. And it, it may be a case of maybe I just needed to laugh, but I enjoyed every part of it. Uh, I mean... It was a bummer, like, Bam's not in it. Uh, they do a little tribute to, to Ryan Dunn at the end that's nice. Uh, they bring in some new people to do uh, new different uh, stunts. And then they do tributes to the old stunts. They have this one uh, where it's like a steel cup that one of the guys wears. And it was a Johnny Knoxville stunt in, like, Jackass Season 1 where they would have hammers and kids just kick him in the nuts and <clears throat> he had this cup on well now they had a girl throw fast pitch softball at him it put a dent in the cup she threw so hard uh, just, uh, i've it, never I mean, uh, i've never seen any of the jackass stuff so uh, it's it's my kind of humor i i mean when it came out i was uh, I, I was, you know, a parent, and Spencer really enjoyed Jackass. So it was something we would watch together, and just had to turn our brain off, and we would just laugh. Sure. So, 
yeah, it's been it, it has that weird nostalgic factor for me too. Um, so I have uh, I watched uh, the thing from 1982 for the first time. For the first time, wow! How ne- never saw it before um, in my top four horror films. Yeah, it's so goddamn good. Yeah, great film. Um, also, uh, I watched a couple of movies, uh, for Gen Xers, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Perfect. Johnny Depp. Yeah. I hadn't seen it in years. I love that film. And, uh, Class of 1984. Michael J. Fox. Yes. Yeah, yes. uh, really that fun. Was a, that was a Joe Bob uh, movie he did uh, oh, oh, really? on one of his specials. Yeah, for some reason he picked that. He picks a couple of trauma films every now and again and digs deep into their history and, and talks about them. So it's always fun to watch that. And then I, I don't think I'd ever seen that until he did it. Yeah, uh, I remember watching it as a kid, you know, uh, just really enjoying it. We rewatched uh, Candyman. Uh, the first one. The first one with Tony Todd in it, mm-hmm. and uh, Shelby had never seen it before. Uh, she seemed to enjoy it, but she was kind of working on some other stuff too. And it's it was like uh, you know you had Virginia Madsen in it, and uh, it has one of my favorite stories about Tony Todd is that uh, because he had to wear all the bees on him all the time. He, he said, for yeah. every sting, he yep. wants $1,000. <laughs> and he made... That's he said, a great contract ask, you know? Yeah, $23,000 <laughs> from just bee stings. <laughs> yeah, he's a pretty smart dude. I bet he was, like, uh, twitching, trying to get money, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, have you seen the new one? No, not yet, and I was excited because uh, I kind of uh, so the the previews got me hyped for it. So I went and watched the director's first film, and really enjoyed that. But when it came out, I just haven't gotten around to watching it. Uh, I'll send it to you. So, okay, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's okay. Uh, it's okay. Uh, what shit? I know what I'm doing for 1973. Oh, what I've is gotta, it? I've got to finish off the Charlton Heston trilogy of death with Soil and Green. Uh, perfect. Uh, Edward G. Robinson is so good in that movie. Yeah, I know. Him and Heston. Uh, uh, he was dying at the time, which is interesting, you know, when you're watching the film. Because yeah. I think some of the scenes he was sitting down because he couldn't walk around. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I love that movie. I did see a couple of uh, uh, Oscar-nominated films uh, for this year. Uh, yeah. I saw West Side Story. The Spielberg uh, musical. Yeah, 
really, really good and really good cinematography. I mean, they had uh, amazing shadows and uh, just really good stuff. The choreography was great as well. Uh, definitely not a Spielberg movie, you know. Uh, you could usually all his movies are about uh, childhood stuff like that. You know, maybe he said this is his only musical he, he'll do. He won't do another one. Well, good, you know. <laughs> uh, maybe he could do Little Shop of Horrors or a remake of Rocky Horror. <laughs> that would be uh, pretty awesome. Um, yeah, Spielberg does Rocky Horror. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that'd be great. Um, uh, I want to see Duel. I, I think it may be the only Spielberg movie I haven't seen. Oh, from the TV. Um... The TV movie? Yeah, yeah. I've never seen that, so I want to see that. I, I think I saw it on TV. I remember. I know I've seen it because I know I remember the truck. I mean, I see so much of it in my head. Yeah, I just never uh, got around to that. So that's uh, that's my next one. What else have you been watching? Um. Oh, uh, I did a Batman rewatch of the 89 to 97. Oh, okay. And so, like, my thoughts are, like, Keaton is so good that we get, you know, the, I don't think anyone had seen him do Dark yet. Like, I was telling, I have to tell the guys on my podcast that one of them is 35, and I'm like, go watch Mr. Mom. And go watch Night Shift. Night because Shift. That's what that's what everyone thought Michael Keaton was. Yeah. And when they said this comedian's gonna play Batman, we didn't have the internet, but there was a collective sigh of nerds everywhere going, Why? Yeah, there was. <laughs> but he's so he he's so good in that, I think the next dark role he played was like Pacific Heights. Yeah, Pacific Heights, yeah. You know? Yeah, and he's you great. Get, yeah, you get like that fucking Birdman movie is so awesome because awesome. Of, of this. And then I just love seeing him uh, play the villain in the Spider-Man movies. I mean, he's yeah. so good. And seeing him, even as an extreme, you know, Bruce Wayne, he's like, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. To a scene in Spider-Man where he's got Peter Parker in his car and he's just telling him what he'll do to his family and his loved one. Like, I mean, it, it was just so neat to go back and watch the beginnings of that. And since then, he's become, you know, he did uh, Beetlejuice, and uh, he's become an amazing dramatic actor. Oh, yeah. Uh, and what's the, the Hulu thing he's doing right now? Uh, I'm not sure. Did you see The Founder? Oh, the McDonald's movie? Yeah. No, I haven't seen that yet. He's great in that, man. Just, just amazing. Uh, 
Yeah, and I think about it, he he did one convention appearance, uh, and I think it was at, actually out at the Richardson show out here. And I'm so bummed that I didn't pay for an autograph or a picture or something because that would just be too fucking cool. But that that all predated him showing up in Spider Man and DC wanting him back in the Flash movie. Um. So I mean, he started off as a comedian. Yeah. And there's a video of him and David Letterman in a doing a dance number on TV. You have to check that out. Okay, they're that. they're like the backup dancers, and I think they're wearing red and white suits and singing. Yes, wow. singing okay, and cool. dancing, and you see Keaton and Letterman, and you're just like, what the fuck is going on, man? <laughs> uh, but, but you know, you know, the weirdest thing, though, is, is going into the third movie and, and knowing Val Kilmer is so fucking good at everything, and that they just made him kind of mimic Keaton. Yeah. Like... Yeah. He very much, like he does the black turtleneck, he does the tone of his voice, and you just don't get what Val Kilmer could really bring to that role. Yeah, uh, Kilmer's one of my favorite actors. He was so good in Heat. He I was kiss, kiss, bang, bang. He was astounding in the Doors movie. You know... Yeah, just I mean, even in Top Gun, just playing Iceman, you're just like, what? What are these two beefing over? But you hate him, like he makes you hate him for no dumb reason. Yeah, you know? uh, Top Secret, he was amazing, and uh, <laughs> real genius, real genius, just the pinnacle of all. Val Kilmer movies is real genius. Yeah, I agree. Some it's Tombstone, but real genius. Yeah, Tombstone is good, you know. But I mean, he carried that movie. You know, he yeah, really yeah. did. That's a man. That think about how stacked that uh, cast is. On Great cast. Uh, uh, Bill Pullman was mm-hmm. in it. Uh, uh, Kurt Russell, Kurt Russell, uh, Sam Elliott. Yeah, you know, just great. It's a cast. Western Sam Elliott. What uh, Michael Bean? If it's in a straight, that? if it's a straight Western Sam Elliott's in it, is Michael Bean in that too? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just a great movie. Uh, so I also watched uh, Belfast. How was that? Really good. I mean, yeah. it won the Oscar for Kenneth Branagh. Uh, his uh, he wrote it, you know. Yeah. And it's his uh, story of him as a child, you know. So uh, a real personal movie. Good, good film. And uh, I saw him also in Death of the Nile. It's on Hulu right oh, yeah. now. Yeah, I did see that pop up on Hulu. Yeah, so that's worth a watch too. You know, I mean, uh, he is uh, uh, he's back as Perot. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, he was in uh, uh, 
I think uh, five years ago he did uh, a murder on the Orient Express, you know, as Poro. But he's just really good in that, you know. So yeah, so that's everything I've been watching uh, that I can remember because Letterbox is down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I mean. I made this meme with the ancient aliens guy uh, to put on the letterboxed uh, Reddit. And it says, uh, I'm not saying that aliens took a letterboxed offline, but aliens took letterboxed offline. Yeah, I usually write my stuff down, but lately I've just been out of sorts, so I haven't really done much. I've, I've just been watching cartoons. I've been watching cartoons on Disney+, Plus, the Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon, because uh-huh. they have like 30 episodes a season. And it's, yeah, it's like, that's a shit ton of animation yeah. for a show, but Disney cranks it out. It has a lot of cool tie-ins to the Marvel comics, so like man thing and Howard the duck will show up and you know, just all sorts of weird shit. So, and it's usually a fun show. So I do that and I've been trying to catalog all my comics. So I have comics like piles. Pot. Oh my God. <laughs> look at that. Oh Jesus. Pile, piles of comics. Uh, I, have, I have like an app and this kind of sucks. Like I bought an app through like humble bundle like the clz collector app and then I, I i've always been using it but now you have to subscribe for it to keep working yeah bullshit once they have you in this system yeah then you have to subscribe what is yeah it, what a jerk move and then yeah. a, a humble bundle they're supposed to be giving away for charity and then yeah. they hook you in not not well, cool yeah i mean it's like 14 bucks a year if you pay annually and i was like you know what uh, because you like there i bought all the different apps but the book one i hadn't used so i tried to just log in and use it and it won't let you scan like IS, ISBN numbers. You can't, you have to do everything manually. Like it still works, but you, if you type in everything. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, that's what happens but, sometimes. But the comics, man, I have like, so, so <laughs> when I was talking about it on my comic show, they said, don't scan any more comics. You have 6,666 comics right now. <laughs> yeah but i also use them for my movies and for my uh uh music or my uh video games uh that uh six 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 is always a lucky number <laughs> not feeling the luck of late if it is then i would like it to empower me with a ton of cash yeah. And a healthy body or a robot body I could transfer into. I, I, I'm pretty much giving up on this one. If I could get a robot body, I'd be good. Uh, so I just finished watching John Carpenter's Vampires with James Woods. Right. Yeah. 
just just a, a myth for you? It was yeah, it, it was a, it meh. Is a myth for me too. Yeah, you know, uh, I have, uh, the whole time every one of his steel books except that one in Mouth of Madness. The the I love the mouth in the Mouth of Madness. Just amazing. Uh, but, uh, the whole time I'm thinking, why the hell is Daniel Baldwin in this movie? <laughs> I don't like him. Some, he's got the most punchable face. He makes me feel like Will Smith, uh, walking up to Chris Rock. <laughs> But, you know, it was okay. You know, I mean... Isn't John Bon Jovi in that one? I don't... I didn't remember seeing him, you know. But maybe. I I never said, oh my God, it's uh, somebody riding on a steel horse. (laughs) It's somebody wanted dead or alive. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I just remembered James Woods is in it, and I'm just kind of soured on his films of late. But yeah, uh, well, that's easy uh, to do. Shout Factory did an entire Steelbook series of uh, John Carpenter films, and then they did prints of the art that wrapped around on the Steelbook, and I bought all of them except Vampires and Mouth of Madness. Huh. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm kind of bummed that he didn't get the Mouth of Madness. I'm just not, that, that one just doesn't, I don't know, I'm just not as big of a fan. Yeah, like, I can't watch that over and over like I can The Fog and Halloween and shit like that. Uh, Matt, I got the new Halloween Kills from the library. I'm going to watch that tonight, so I'm yeah, looking okay, forward to that. Think. Yeah, I will. Are you just going to watch the first one and roll into this next one? Or are you just going to watch it? Because it takes place like right after the first movie. Uh, uh, I had watched the other ones already, you know, so. Yeah, but this is, uh, this is the sequel to, what, oh man. Hold on, I hate that I'm looking this up. Uh, it's the other Jamie Lee Curtis one, right? Yeah, like Halloween's Kills is the sequel to... I forget what they called the other one. Yeah, I watched that uh, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah, Yeah, I guess just because it's the very... Like, it continues, like, that moment the yeah. movie ends and just rolls into this one. Yeah, at yeah, the end of... You to watch it. At the end of that movie, he was uh, on fire or something, I think. Yeah, see, she traps him in a, in a place that she had uh, set up. Which yeah. Which is really cool because it shows how much of a prepper she was. Yeah, and uh, and that even a place that she had created for her to be safe, that she could lock herself in, she could also lock him in, and make it a jail. Yeah, that's uh, I watched that uh, you know a couple of years ago. I think it was right before the pandemic or something. Well, they follow multiple people in it, so they follow uh, Jamie Lee and Judy Greer, and then her daughter, then. 
their her I think it's uh, um, Jamie Lee Curtis's grandson is leaving a party. Then there's also uh, um, the survivor, the kids who had been babysat that night. Mm-hmm. They're at a bar and they follow them as a group. So there's like multiple people that were kind of just highlighted in the first film that that are really focused on in this one. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to watch that tonight. Uh, before that, I'm going to watch... Uh, 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 you only live twice, a James Bond movie. Bond, yeah. uh, it's the only James Bond movie I've haven't watched. Oh, so you did see the new one? Oh uh, yeah, have you seen it? Yeah, I forgot. I I watched that like a week or two ago. Yeah, it's good. It was like three good, hours. Yeah, it's a good film. I saw it in oh, the theater. I, it was. I did not like it. Huh. It was just too long. Yeah, I'm like a I'm a hours. I'm a huge Bond fan, you know. So uh, give He's me my a favorite Bond, and uh, give me Anna a six hour Bond. Awesome. I'll take a six. six. A, yeah, give it to me right in the arm. Shoot me up with six hours of Bond. <laughs> no, I, just, I just felt like there were things that, like, I wanted this, this, and this to happen, and it was like. He's involved with this girl. We're bringing back the shitty sequel of Spectre and the fact that uh, that Blofeld's his brother. And oh, just I was just I, I really hated Spectre and that whole storyline. So the fact that it kind of tied into this one, I really didn't give a shit. I so love I think that. I kind of went in with a bad taste in my mouth. I just love Christopher Wal- Christopher Waltz being yeah. evil. He's the best evil you can be, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do, I do like that. I just, I, I didn't like the Spectre role. I mean, and he's better in this one than he is in the other one. I mean, uh, he was so good in uh, Inglorious Bastards, just fantastic in that. Yeah, film. that opening scene says everything. That's it's it. perfect. He will, he will perfect. always be remembered for that. He is perfect cinema. Perfect. You know. What do you think of Anna DeArmas in it? Uh she's great and she uh, she's easy on the eyes. Yes, she is. Yes, I, agree. I they, they they're doing the same thing they did when Halle Berry did James Bond. They're like, Oh, we're gonna spin this off. We're gonna spin this character off and I've heard rumors of that and it's like, fuck, I wanted a Halle Berry jinx. Uh, series, CRB yeah. and a badass agent. But um, uh, so uh, did you hear that Amazon is going to have a, a Bond uh, TV show that is going no. to be uh, a reality game show thing with a uh, Bond cars. And you drive the cars to cities that the movies were made in. It doesn't make I any don't fucking. I, I've read it articles. Like run. I've read articles and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And how is this going to get a Bond fan interested? I mean. 
What the hell? I, I mean, they're just like, like take IPs and paste them. Uh, we now have the <laughs> we now have the IP. What are we gonna do with it? Make a Bond TV uh, show? You know, a fun action show? No, a reality show. It's crazy, man. Yeah, I think at one at one point there will be a broadcast network. And it'll probably be Fox. Will go just all reality. It'd be the cheapest thing to do, and broadcasting's to be the hardest network to support. It's MTV. Yeah, MTV. You know they Bravo's they like that. isn't Bravo all reality. Yeah, VH1 uh, is all reality. Discovery's all reality too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I'm. I like Storage Wars. I like uh, uh, Pawn Stars. Uh, that kind of shit. But yeah, I, n- I haven't really been into much real. I think I think Horrors is a horror show. Yeah, it I, is. I mean. I, it's sad they're taking advantage of these people with mental problems, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't know. But but then again, you could say that about, like, uh, I mean, one of our shows that we watch on Discovery is, the, like, the 90 Day Fiance franchise. And there are people on there that I go, that person should be in therapy and they shouldn't be on television. Like, they should have caught this person's problem early on. Yeah. And shouldn't film their suffering right now. I mean... Uh, you know, shit like that. I mean, they have a show that's about 600-pound people. Yeah. What are you doing to them? You know, making a spectacle out of them. And, and you know what? I didn't realize that some of those people that are in those shows were like YouTube. So they were filming themselves already, and then TLC just said, hey, we'll, we'll put you on television just continue doing what you're doing tlc what are you learning i mean come on this i mean they have the best trash shows on there i mean this is cruel it's like it's weird watching people like people date on 90 day fiance they met online or somehow some way and then you're watching them realize while they're going through this process that maybe they shouldn't be with this person. But then they don't give up and say, hey, this isn't working out for me. They just commit to being with them. They're getting or paid. You, yeah. Or you see, like, there's a guy on there named Ed. And TLC has embraced him. But his first show, he went to Vietnam to meet this girl he met online. And he basically was, like, going to buy her. Like, that was kind of, he he just felt, it. yeah, because it was like he was giving her things to groom herself with because he's like, you know, your breath smells, so this is a toothbrush and this is how this works. And she's like, I know what a fucking toothbrush is. <laughs> like, you know, he was just very, his mindset was very simple, but he was he was there to find a brown lady he could take home. And that was his story. You could tell, and it was creepy as fuck. There's a former priest or a former pastor on now who's 51, 
He flew to Peru for a girl who's 22. (laughs) And now he's fucked up his whole life because he's missed his parole officers meetings for his DUIs he's had. And then all this shit has come out about his DUIs and he left his wife and five kids to go pursue this 22 year old uh, child in Peru. It, He'd already been catfished once. It's just, it's like you can't imagine how stupid some of these people are. And then you watch and you go, They're mentally ill. I mean. Here's a guy, there's a guy on there who's like an incel. Like he, he just is, I don't know. He thinks he bought a woman that he gave money to online. And when she rejected him, he just fucking went insane. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's weird. Uh, so I, uh, Tuesday, I'm gonna go see two movies in the theater. Yeah, Morbius. Don't do it. I've Don't already it. bought my ticket. Don't do it, man. Have you seen it? No, but I've not heard one single good word. So, uh, do you listen to critics? No, but I mean, I guess I've kind of curated who I listen to and who I kind of vibe on their uh, uh, on their opinions. But even Daniel on my comic book podcast, who loves everything, didn't like it. It's a popcorn flick. Yeah, it's that's why I see. Like, I'd rather wait for it to show up on streaming. It's uh, Geraldito being an insane guy. Come on. <laughs> He was so good in House of Gucci. I mean, I'm going to... I haven't seen that. Yeah, really good. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go see that. And then uh, Tuesday night, I'm going to see The Third Man. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, theater. Yeah, for the first time on the big screen, I'm really excited about that. It's... uh, Probably in my top ten films, you know. So that's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, Austin Film Institute—they have a theater down here. They play a, cool. uh, tons of foreign films and uh, uh, old movie, classic movies, and stuff like that. So it's really cool to go check it out. And you get to watch it with other people that like that kind of stuff, too. So maybe, you know, I could uh, meet some uh, friends or something. So, yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. Fellow cinephiles. Yeah. So, uh, it's time to pee. Yeah, it is time to pee for me, too. (laughs) (laughs) All Uh, right. I'm running on empty. (laughs) Uh, so we'll see everybody again next week and I'll close out the apocalypse with uh, Heston yeah and I'm going to uh, get my wah on with Enter the Dragon yes I might have to watch that again just haven't seen it in a while later gators gators